Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. And let's start off this episode by apologizing. Uh, I released an episode that was only coming out one uh, channel. So I think it was the left and the right was missing. And the podcast is in monotone. When I was recording, I was like, well, this isn't going to be a big deal. I'll just fix it in post. And uh, when I got done recording, it was 1230. Stayed up till about 115 trying to fix it. I could not fix it. And I was like, well, my 115 brain was like, I just got to get this out. Because Sierra, my niece, who most of you know of, um, if you don't, she's like our our daughter. She's lived with us since she was 12. She was coming in from California, where she lives now, to visit. And I did not want to be monkeying around with the podcast while she was here. Because I only got to see her for Saturday um, and part of Sunday. And then I had to leave and go to work on Monday when she was still here. So... Wanted to make sure I maximized my time with her. Well, I got quite a few emails, rightfully so, by the way, uh, that there was a problem, and it was a problem I knew about. So I have to apologize because I probably I should I should have just went to bed and re- released it in the morning when my brain was working. So that's my fault. Anyway, let's move along. Uh, things I like: shorter shows. I've been really getting into the longer shows lately, and. One of my self-critiques is the longer that I go on this podcast, the more that I ramble, the more I ramble. So we're going to try and do them shorter. And by we, I mean me. So shorter shows. Let's see how that works. I Every probably three months, I say we're going to do shorter shows, and they keep creeping up a little bit and a little bit more every month, every week, excuse me. I want to thank our Patreon supporters, Cameron, Don, James, Nate, and Mark. Thank you very much, guys. I do really appreciate uh, your support. All of you are entered into the contest to win the cup, um, SpaceX Dragon Capsule Coffee Cup. It is really cool. So it's sitting on my desk in a box for the longest time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to open this thing up and look at it. So I opened it up and I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is a pretty decent size. I wonder if it'll fit what I would normally drink in coffee. And I drink a lot of coffee and I have a Keurig and I set it on the highest amount to get the most coffee out of each k-cup because they're expensive and you know what it fits and i was like well i can't can't possibly uh not drink the coffee now so i drink the coffee and then i ordered a new cup because i 
can't give you guys a cup that I drink out of. So I now own one. You will now, uh, whoever wins this uh, coffee cup will own one. But that leads me to the actual contest. On October 5th, if you don't know, I'm giving away a SpaceX Dragon Capsule coffee mug. They're really cool. Um, I keep forgetting putting a note, putting something in the show notes to show that off. I'll try to remember today. Uh, anyway, they're really cool, and I really like them. Um, there's two ways to enter. One is to become a Patreon supporter, which will cost you at least a dollar. Um, but if you don't want to become a Patreon supporter, you can just leave a review on iTunes. And if you leave a review on iTunes, I have this little program, doesn't matter where you are in the world, that tells me that a review was left, but it doesn't it doesn't tell me until the next month. So what you need to do is email me that you left a review so that I know that I can, so I can put you into the the contest. And two people left reviews last month. Dale um, from Sacramento. And Dale, thank you very much. You are entered into the contest. And Maternal2018 left a very nice review on iTunes. And I really appreciate that. I don't have your email, Maternal2018. So if you want to send me your email, um, I would love to send you a coffee cup if you win. So send me an email, I'll put you in the spreadsheet, and you'll be good to go. Again, the October 5th is when the drawing will be. And, uh, yeah, I've done this once before um, during uh, Christmas time, and I'll probably do it again uh, closer to Christmas time. Let's see. And we have another contest once we get 10 Patreon subscribers, but we'll we'll talk about that another time. We're going to start with the kilobits section. Ars Technica, Eric Berger. This isn't really anything, this is all fiction, this story. But I think um, it, it'll be interesting to this audience. Hulu has a new TV series that's coming out about a human mission to Mars. It looks about, based on the trailer, and I don't, I don't like to read a lot about shows or movies that I want to go see or see the trailers because I don't want to be spoiled. Um, and I don't want... To, to be overhyped so that when I go and see it, I'm disappointed. So I'm tr- I try to avoid that stuff. But the trailer looks very good. It's got Sean Penn in it. It's by the creator of House of Cards. Basically, it looks like it starts off with a lot of NASA uh, employees and politicians arguing about going to Mars, and then some stuff happens after that. Um, the If you get a chance, go look at the trailer. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's really... It looks really compelling. It also looks like the show is going to be kind of a slow burn, take a little bit to get going um, before the action starts. When I, when I say action, I mean like the actual going to Mars. It's, it looks like it's more, I don't know if procedural is the right word, but it looks like it's more of a here is the behind the scenes and the kind of drama between people. That's what it looks like. Um, I hope the show doesn't turn out that they go to Mars and they find little green men popping up and down on the surface of Mars. I hope it's more... Uh, based in reality than that but so far from what i've seen it looks like a good show so i highly recommend taking a look i know that's going to be in the united states i honestly don't know where else hulu is i don't know if it's in other countries it might be in canada but take a look it'll come out september 14th which is next week next up fred lambert i get so excited uh there are more and more non and I love Tesla, so don't get me wrong, but there are more and more non-Tesla cars, electric cars coming out. And the Mercedes, and excuse me, Mercedes unveiled its all-new EV. It's called the EQC. 
and it's got a very traditional look. It has a, I don't even know that it looks that much like a Mercedes, to be honest, but it's got a very traditional SUV look to it. And it's really stylish and sleek. On the console, it's got your normal, like in a nice car, your AC and heat controls and an emergency button and things like that. But the screen is really unique. The screen is kind of kind of pops out from the dash, and then it's got your instrument cluster for the driver to see, and then more towards the the console in the center of the console, it's got your infotainment system. It's a it's a really neat look. It kind of looks futuristic. The inside of the car is really sleek, but it still has a very classic car feel. Like if you were to look in a Model Three. You're like, oh, that's a really pretty interior, but it doesn't look like a car interior. It kind of looks like a cockpit of a futuristic jet. It doesn't really look like a car. This still looks like a car if you like that kind of thing. Mercedes says it's going to go about 450 kilometers, which is about 280 miles. But the but Mercedes is using um, the NEDC standard, which is not a great standard for electric for measuring um, fuel efficiency and distance for electric vehicles. So the range is going to be probably 12 to 15% less than what Mercedes is advertising. Uh, we'll see uh, when the car actually comes out. Uh, but Mercedes says, and they've said this before, that they're all in on EVs. So we'll see. We'll see, Mercedes. We're going to hold you to that. You're all in on EVs. Because a lot of companies have said that, and we're still seeing nothing. Like Chevy. Chevy is reinvesting in EVs because the, the Bolt sold like, I don't know, like a thousand Bolts last quarter or something like that. And it was ridiculously small. But I want to see the, these EV companies uh, succeed, don't get me wrong, but I have, to the best of my knowledge, I have never seen a Chevy Volt or Bolt advertisement on TV. Can't, I don't really read magazines, but I haven't really seen one in a magazine, Chevy, if you're listening and you want to advertise on this show and reach a very small number of people, uh, give me a call because I'd love to take your money. Reach a very small number of people and you pay me a ton of money. It'll work out. Next up, Fred Lambert of Electric. Tesla misses its production rate of 6,000 cars per week in um, 6,000 Model 3s per week, excuse me, in August. Uh I don't think this is that big of a deal. It's going to delay some um, people getting their cars, of course, and that stinks. But I think what the real issue here is, is how far is that going to push back people who want to buy the $35,000 base model? Because uh, I know there are a lot of people, and there are a lot of people that this, listen to this show that I'm in contact with, that really want that Model 3 base. Because at $35,000, it's more affordable than a any other Tesla, but it's still pretty expensive and you're still going to be about $40,000 out the door once you get done paying delivery fees and uh, or destination fees and taxes and all that stuff, uh, depending on where you live. So um, that's not cheap. And I know that pushing that amount, uh, falling behind on their production goals, which it sounds like in September they're going to make up on them, but falling behind on their production goals is more than likely going to push that uh, release of the $35,000 model out further. That's just my thought. It may not. But if you can't build the cars, the more expensive cars that the peop that people are claiming to want, 
um, you're going to push those less expensive cars with the smaller margins out further because you, especially in Tesla's current situation where they're trying very hard to make all of the money that they can in a quarter to show profitability. Um, it's probably two quarters out at least after December, maybe, uh, maybe uh, February, March sometime people start receiving those 30, $35,000 um, Model 3s. That's my poorly informed prediction. Let's see. Inside EVs, Eric Loveday. Elon emailed some Tesla, the Tesla employees, all Tesla employees. And these are just, there's four highlights that came out of this thing. Um, he thanked employees. He believes that Tesla will deliver twice as many cars this current quarter as they did last quarter. So twice as many vehicles delivered. That's pretty good. Um, he wants employees to ignore the media fuss. My words. And there's going to be some management changes. And I'm not going to really talk about the management team that much. But there's some moving around and some people are leaving and things like that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the news section. This next one comes from Inside EVs, Evan X, and Fred Lambert. Eric K. Martin, who is a man with very red hair. I'm really jealous. First of all, I'm bald. Like, I shave my head. I'm naturally bald, but I shave my head anyway. But this guy has some... Uh, really cool red hair. If I can fetishize another man's hair for a second. Moving on. He and his family were cruising in a Model 3. Uh, mom, grandma, kids. Excuse me. Wife, grandma, kids, him. And uh, which five people in a Model 3. Three adults, two kids. That's pretty impressive on a family vacation. Anyway, so they're cruising around and they're in Brush, Colorado. They stop at the supercharger and a Tesla semi shows up with a team of engineers and support staff. They show up at the charger. Uh, the, t the team allowed Eric to ask questions um, and they were very generous. The Tesla engineers were very generous with their answers. So here's some things that we, I think we knew, or at least I knew. Uh, the motors are the same as the Model 3 motors. There are four motor, motors, one for each wheel. Um, the Tesla semi-prototype has 26 cameras. Uh, one. So the 26 cameras are kind of testing to see which are the best placement for the cameras, and the real truck will eventually have less, but that makes sense to me. You should have that many cameras when you're testing. Um, at some point, there will be a sleeper for drivers, which is pretty important. Um, there are a lot of truck stops in the city that I work in. When I say a lot, there's two. Um, but we go there an awful lot for various reasons. And um, most of the time, you know, there's there's one where there's this huge parking lot where all these semis just uh, hang out and take they take their naps and get their rest in. Um, so there'll be a sleeper for long-haul drivers. But what they were saying to um, Eric was the the days of the long haul driver is they're becoming less and less because what happens not, not because they're going to be replaced and we'll talk about that in a minute but what happens is uh, these folks that are driving they want to 
uh, drive to a place, drop off their load, and drive back home and be home in time for dinner. And that makes complete and total sense. I don't like being away from my family for two days at a time. And if I work overtime, sometimes three days at a time, I don't really like that. I don't enjoy that. And I can't imagine that long-haul truckers enjoy that either. So instead of... Um, Instead of one truck driver driving from like California to Florida, that truck driver will drive from California to Arizona and the next person will take over and they'll drive Arizona to New Mexico and so on and so forth. Um, and that makes more sense just kind of as a business anyway. Um, I, I would not want to be a long haul trucker. That is a, a very, very difficult job. And I like driving, but that would be a very, very difficult job. And at times extremely stressful, I would imagine. Uh, but the prototype uh, Tesla Semi is about 300 miles. It charges in about 30 minutes. Um, drivers are still going to be needed because they're going to need to assist at the beginning and the end of the trip. So for the time being, um, long-haul truckers are not going, or just truckers in general, are not going to be put out of a job from autonomous driving. The Model 3 uh, door handles. Uh, Walmart just ordered 30 more of these trucks. And the video is in the article, and I'll put the article in the show notes. I highly suggest it. It's actually pretty informative. He did a really good job. And the next one, and the final one in the kilobit section is from Reuters and Fred Lambert at Electric. Sometimes if I get information from two sources, that's why you hear there two different groups in each article. Anyway... Joe Rogan had a podcast. Elon Musk was on it. It was about two hours and 44-ish minutes. Um, I listened to the whole thing, hoping to get maybe some sound bites. But honestly, I thought it was just a an interesting conversation, like an interesting chat, but nothing that was too groundbreaking and nothing that we didn't really know if you follow Elon and you follow Tesla, just in general. Um, it was awkward at first. But once Elon kind of loosened up in the conversation, it was fun and loose. Um, Elon did hint that there might be some sort of smartphone, or excuse me, smart home uh, thing coming from Tesla Energy, maybe something to do with energy management. He mentioned like AC, and then he kind of stopped himself, and he's like, well, I really can't talk about that here. Um, Elon smoked a little bit of weed, and the stock fell. It, smoking marijuana no matter what your your opinion on it whether it's good or it's bad i personally don't have a problem if people smoke or marijuana as long as they don't do it around kids or around anywhere where kids are even going to be close to uh, because contact highs are a real thing and we go into houses all the time and you know that they called 911 and then they sparked up a joint right before they got there and it happens all the time. And then there's little kids running in the background. That stuff makes me mad. But if you want to nibble on a pot brownie and you don't really want to get too baked or some sort of other edible, and it's just like having a couple of cocktails. So I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing. On the other side, you know, I smoked pot when I was in high school. I really enjoyed it. I don't know because it would jeopardize my job and I don't really like that feeling anymore. Like if I have a drink, I'll have like a drink, maybe a drink and a half and that's it. Like once I start feeling dim, that's enough for me. I don't need any more than that. So as an adult, I've, I've tried to change a little bit. But anyway, Elon smoked some marijuana and it became 
a huge thing, articles all over the internet. To the best of my knowledge, and I didn't watch it, but to the best of my knowledge, he only took one puff. So, and he said that he almost never smokes pot because um, it interferes with his productivity, which is something we talked about, about the taking acid thing before um, a couple of weeks ago, which is what I thought he would probably not do that because he didn't want to be counterproductive. But again, this is something that's not illegal to do in California. It's not that big of a deal, but here's the thing. Here's the rub. Here's the part where I have a problem, right? It's not illegal to do in California, but let's pretend that you are a person that works on an assembly line at Tesla. You smoked weed at 11.30 at night or 11 or whenever Elon smoked it. So you smoked weed. You come into work at 6 o'clock in the morning. You get into an accident. You run your forklift into something, whatever. They send you off to get drug tested as per a many companies, big companies' policies, and you test positive for weed. What do they do with that employee? It's not illegal to do. He's not stoned at the time. If it's Tesla's policy to discipline that employee or even up to fire that employee for being under, uh, uh, for operating under a control or under a sub illegal substance or I guess legal operated under a all some sort of altering substance. Ugh. The name's escaping me now. Anyway, they get a DUI inside the assembly plant. Um, is that something that they're going to be disciplined for or fired? Because Elon, by his own admission, works right next to these folks. So if Elon's smoking weed and he gets into an accident, is he going to be held to the same standard as all the other people on the assembly line? That's really important. Because if it's like, hey, you know what? It's legal. We don't think you're stoned. It was an accident. It's an accident. And let's pretend it's just a total accident. It has nothing to do with them being high. Then I'm fine. But if it's if there's some sort of disciplinary action that happens or corrective action that happens, then absolutely uh, Elon should uh, 100% not be smoking weed and doing any other other drugs for that matter because he's not in the C-suite and he doesn't even want to be seen as per this this uh, podcast. He wants to not be seen as somebody who runs the business. He wants to be seen as an engineer, somebody who s solves problems and and um, comes up with new ideas. That's really where he wants his focus to be. It's, according to this podcast, he made that very clear. So because of that, in my mind, yes, he owns the majority of the company, but he's no different than any other assembly line worker or any other worker in that capacity um, and should be held to the same standard. So that's the only problem I have with that. And there are two execs leaving, both of them, and they've been there for about a year. And uh, people are making a lot of hay about this. I don't think this is that big of a deal either. Tesla's not a place um, that everybody's going to want to work at. It's got a pretty high churn rate for especially management type employees. And um, it's not a place that I would honestly want to work either. So... Um, Somebody probably went there thinking, oh, it's Tesla, we're going to change the world. And then they're like, oh, we're going to work a lot of hours and I'm not going to see my family. So, all right, I'm out. And then also you got to deal with Elon being Elon. You know, that's why he's great and that's why, he, you know, he causes problems. So um, you may not want to have that in your life and it shouldn't be that big of a deal and it should not be 
necessarily um, a reason, uh, like a bellwether that that Tesla's going down. I don't think that's the case. Okay, let's get to the news. We have two news sections. One, the last one, I think is pretty cool. The first one's kind of a follow-up. So this is from BuzzFeed News, Ryan Mack. Um, and I'm uh, Elon sent some emails to this guy over the Vern, uh, Vernon Unsworth thing, which is the the guy who helped in the Thai rescue for the kids, and he, Elon called this guy a pedophile. So basically, Elon says, I hope this guy sues, sues me, right? He sent an email asking for it to be off the record and to BuzzFeed. And BuzzFeed quotes journalistic practices, and I'm using air quotes here, that both parties have to agree to off the record. If both parties don't agree, then any information given is fair game, which may be true. Um, Less likely that BuzzFeed's going to get any sort of access to Elon after this, but they went ahead and printed Elon's emails to BuzzFeed. And um, I'm not going to read the whole emails here, but basically, Elon just kind of gives an gives why he thinks Vern Unsworth is a pedophile. Uh, he's an old white guy that's been living and traveling to Thailand for 30 to 40 years, mostly to Pattaya Beach. I've been there. I've been to Pattaya. Um, I took my family there because we have family that lives in Bangkok, and then they have a condo in Pattaya. We didn't stay in the condo, but we stayed in a house in this really nice community, um, and the family stayed in the condo and we just meet up for little activities. It's really pretty gorgeous little piece of, of, uh, little, little town. It's really pretty, but there is a very seedy side to it. And that seedy side mostly occurs on the, um, the walking street where at nighttime you'll be walking down the road. Um, there's no cars allowed on this little road. It's blocked off and people will just hand you a menu, like a, a restaurant menu. And it's just, full of sexual positions and you just point at what you want and who you want and uh, you're good to go. Now I didn't take part in this. I was with my family. I was with Sierra and my wife. Um, There are tons of go-go clubs. There are tons of child, not tons. There was quite a few uh, child street performers, which I thought maybe they're out there like at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, this kid should be at home, but this is how their family makes money. So the walking street for me was a little distasteful, just in general. I did not enjoy myself there. Um, There's a little beach that's in that general area where some young Thai men were massaging old, white, puffy guys. And I'm fine for consenting the adults living whatever life they want to choose because that doesn't bother me in the least. So this doesn't have anything to do with the perception of gay or any gay activities or the perception perception of a gay activity um, in terms of showing affection, it was very, um, I don't want to say manufactured, it was very commerce-driven, it seemed, because there was probably, I don't know, we probably ran across 10 or 12 of these on the day we went to that particular beach, these situations, and it was very more escort slash prostitution slash I'm going to rent you for the day kind of a feel, and that felt kind of gross. Um, so there is definitely that side of Pattaya, but there's also a very nice family side. Like we would go to restaurants and there would be, 
you know, lots of families there. We went to one particular restaurant uh, that was by our house, and the lady was Thai, but she lived in Italy for a long time, so she had an Italian restaurant. It was like she was very open, and there was lots of Thai people are open in general. But there was lots of um, uh, there was there was lots of conversations with lots of different people. It was a very nice place. There's lots of historic uh, things to look at there. There's lots of religious things to look at there. So uh, my general feeling of Padilla is a positive feeling, although there is that little kind of underside. Uh, he also says that uh, Unsworth moved, Elon says that Unsworth moved to Chang Rai, Ray, Ra. I'm sorry, I'm not very good. I'm, I can say hello, goodbye, and Thai, and that's about it. Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, he moved to this place for a child bride who was 12 years old at the time. Um, and that region or that area is known for sex trafficking. I guess what I'm saying here is if you have, if you don't have any proof, Elon, you just need to be quiet. And if you do have proof, then, then, then show your work, give the necessary information to the correct people and, you know, move on. Cause at this point, it's just a weird weekly, weird little update. And you can read the emails. I'll include the, the, article from BuzzFeed in the show notes. Show notes. The, the emails are interesting. I'm not going to read them here because it's a family show. Uh, last and final episode or article is from Tina Casey at Clean Technica. The world is not running out of lithium anytime soon, uh, apparently. I thought, well, there's only so much of this natural resource we're going to run out, but according to this article... We still got a while, so we're still safe. Uh, the primary source of lithium is salt brine, and it's commonly extracted by evaporation. Uh, that's very much oversimplifying the pr process. So what it says here is the conventional process for extricating lithium from brine requires large evaporation ponds that are vulnerable to weather and large quantities of chemical inputs and long periods of time for construction and processing. This conventional process also suffers from low lithium recovery and cannot access new lithium sources in the U.S. or around the world. So basically, the United States has lithium, but we don't have enough lithium to make this practice uh, profitable because it would cost way too much the conventional way. Um, and we'll talk about how... Um, this company, Lilac Solutions, which is based in California, how they do it a little bit differently. Um, and they've come up with a what they think is the way to make it much more efficient and faster because it can take um, months to get this lithium um, by the process of evaporation and these evap ponds. So they're based in California. They got a little bit of funding. Um, they use a modular technology that can be scaled up or scaled down based on market needs. Uh, what does that mean exactly? It means they the tech they use is like an ion exchange. They use certain materials that absorb and release lithium in high concentrations. What takes months now takes hours. The technology uh, can be used on what is considered low yield brines. Um, by current evaluation stand, uh, by current extraction standards, which basically means that, like that, that the uh, lithium deposit in 
Nevada. Um, that may not be, there's something, they're developing that, but that might be something that this would work really well on because they're going to get the most lithium um, on something that, on a, on a deposit that may not be as big as some of the deposits found in like South America, for instance. So, which is where most, of, most lithium is uh, produced right now. There's a little infographic on their website. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try very hard uh, to describe this. So first thing, during the conventional process, the brine is pumped into these evaporation ponds. And then I guess they use the sun to um, evaporate the, the water from the ponds. But if it rains, obviously, um, or wind or anything gets into these ponds, then it's more difficult and takes longer. And then the magnesium and calcium are removed. And they use lime, apparently, to get the boron removed. And then you get lithium. Lithium chloride, I think. It's a 40% about lithium recovery. They're large, expensive ponds. And if you have limited resources, that's not a very uh, good way to go. So what lilac does is they go from the brine directly into a... Um, like a uh, container and then through that container uh, the HCl is removed and the lithium is removed and then that brine that leftover brine goes back into the brine resources resource the, the deposit and that gets them 80% lithium recovery it's compact it's modular and it expands reserves now I hope that that makes sense because I don't fully understand it myself and I read it on their website several times so I apologize if it doesn't make sense to you um, go to their website lilacsolutions.com and and take a peek and tell me where I'm wrong I'm totally fine with that um, here's the thing that makes it interesting because the way that the United States is um, currently views trade policies and tariffs it may be very expensive to get lithium from other countries so it's good in one way for the United States because we can get lithium from our very small deposits that we have throughout the United States. Um, and it's also good for other countries because, you know, obviously they're recovering. The difference between 40 and 80% recovery is, is pretty significant. Um, and I'm sure they're selling out the magnesium and the calcium as well. But um, overall, this I thought this was a really interesting story. I thought that the 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 overall process of how they get lithium, I didn't know how they did it, and it's probably worth watching more of or reading more about. But it seems like it's it's very cool, um, and I'm very excited about this. All right, let's see. Let's end the show, shall we? Shall we? So if you are if you want to email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at 918digital. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, we're going to have a house party in about 30 minutes at my house, so i got to go. But I hope everyone has a wonderful day, and I will talk to you next week.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.